Welcome back to the Weekend Warrior Show Recap Podcast. I'm Ty from the Unemployed Architects. This week I'm sitting down with a friend of mine, good friend of mine, Ryan Wolf. So, um, Ryan, if you would introduce yourself here. What's up, Tyler? Thanks for having me. Um, <laughs> Ryan Edward Wolf. I'm a singer-songwriter from Pontiac, Illinois. Yeah, we're both Pontiac, Illinois natives. And uh, I'm trying to remember when I met you. Uh, would have been at least six or seven years ago, I would say, right? Or has it been longer? I, I don't. My um, time reference is bad. Yeah, it, uh, it was probably around um, 2012 when we actually first met. I think I recall you had just gotten into a really bad bicycle accident. Mm, so that would have been two. If the bicycle accident had just happened, that means that it was 2015. Oh, okay. Cause... So much later. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've known each other for six years, I guess. Okay. That. Okay. I guess so, that makes uh, sense. And then I, I was remember, I was trying to remember how that all happened. Any, because I mean, we're not really that close in age. I mean, as most people know, I'm like forty five, and you're like what, 20, 16? Is that is that is that it? No, you're tw- what? How old are you? You're around. I'll be twenty eight this summer. Right, so that that get, it's not like we went to high school together or anything like that, but I do right. remember, I feel I feel like I heard your hello song. Do do you remember that? <laughs> Vaguely, I I know a song you're talking about. Yeah, I had a song that was called Hello Hello. Yeah, I remember hearing that and thinking, wow, that's like pretty cool production and stuff. And I I don't know if I reached out to you first or you reached out to me first, but. Um, I remember hearing it and being pretty impressed, and you know, then I, I think of it, go ahead. Yeah, I remember, you know, I think, uh, actually, um, so, when I moved to Pontiac, you know, and was in junior high, I remember seeing you guys perform at the high school, and that was yeah. actually when I first, uh, heard your music, and, yeah, and then I started, uh, trying some stuff, and I had some songs floating around, and that was one of them. Um, and I think, uh, you know, my friend Alex probably heard it and showed it to you as my guess. <laughs> Your friend Alex? Smitty. Oh, okay, Smith. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm so used to not <laughs> hearing him called Alex. It's weird to yeah, even because hear that. I had been living, because I moved on to Fountain Street, and obviously his parents uh, were next door, and that's how I met him, and I think I met him, uh, or I met you through him, so... Yeah, that makes sense. We've, that's always been like a mutual good friend of ours. Um, but I remember too. I was trying. I, I I don't know if you ask or I ask if you wanted to open a show at some point, and eventually yeah. that did happen. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, you had given me one of your CDs to listen to, and I really liked it. And I uh, started a little band with a you know a few good friends and. Uh, yeah, I think we have, you probably uh, got an EP that we made, and I don't remember if you know we asked if we could open or however that went. But I do remember that was kind of like you know the beginning of everything, uh, us opening up. For and you that was guys. Pub Pub Thirteen. I, I I think I remember that show yeah, pretty pub, well. Pub Thirteen. Yeah. Wow. I re- I <laughs> I remember um, you guys brought like a ton of people out. And, you know, <laughs> I didn't. I I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know half those people. Uh, Where did they come from? Uh, I think. I think a lot of those people were um, 
you know, uh, Alex's family. And uh, we, you know, we obviously had a lot of our friends there, which was awesome. You know, and the, most of them were sitting up front. And uh, I, I remember just being excited to play because that was like our first like actual show. And obviously, you know, we thought your guys' CD was really cool. So, we, you know, opening up for you guys was really sweet. And having all of our friends there was just like, the, you know, the most awesome experience. I don't know. And what was that iteration? Because you've changed your what you go by a few times. What was that iteration called? <laughs> That was uh, Fountain Street Band. Nice, nice. Fountain Street Band. So then I remember we talked a little bit. You know, we, I, I tried to get you out for opening a few shows, and I think we, we did that a little bit here and there. It wasn't right. uh, super consistent or anything, but um, I remember talking to you about releasing stuff on, like, Spotify and all that, and, like, kind of telling you, you know, easier than you think, and you had a bunch of good recordings. Although, I still have to say that that Hello, Hello song, I, I, I wish that you had a copy of that mm. somewhere in the... Because I, yeah. I do remember that being a really cool... Yeah. It had, like, this, like, Paul Simony slash... Uh, huh. uh What's that um, band you, uh, you always talk about that um animal collective probably yeah it had an animal collective vibe yeah and uh i really dug it and i was super impressed by the quality and uh you know because you were quite a bit younger than me and i was like what's what studio did you record that at and you're like uh (laughs) i did it on my ipad (laughs) with my with my ipad microphone yeah it was uh my mom's ipad with that i practically stole from her and uh yeah i i recorded all of my songs on that thing at the time no no gear or anything just the ipad and a you know a pair of really shitty headphones and <laughs> and i would just but, record I mean, all that these songs being in my said, room that being said that those f- first recordings of you doing that were were really really good and yeah. i remember just thinking like man if he could do that with an ipad i wonder what he could do with some actual <laughs> like recording gear, like a studio, or right, um, and the songs were good. I mean, I as somebody who writes songs, I thought that they were well written and stuff as well. It wasn't just like yeah. the sound. So I, I don't know. I really dug it, and I appreciate uh, that. I, I you kind of hipped me to the iPad. That's that's what got me to get my iPad that I'm actually recording this uh, podcast on for my end. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I've done a lot of lot of recordings with it, and um, you know it's becoming a yeah, pretty and, useful tool. And I, I, you know, I remember coming to see, you know, I remember you telling me when you got that iPad, and I came and looked at it, and I told you that that iPad, you know, obviously that was a a way better iPad than the one I was <laughs> <Yeah>. using. <laughs> I think you told me the first one that you had was a first generation, and it only had eight tracks that you could yeah. even record stuff with. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I could only have eight tracks on it. Um, I could only keep, you know, like 50 songs on that thing before I had to start, you know, deleting songs in order to record uh, new ones. Which is why why that Hello, Hello song got lost, I think, ultimately. Yeah, but... you know, I'm, that song's probably on, you know, I was living with my mom, so you know it's probably on her computer downstairs somewhere i'm sure but i haven't listened to that song in years so i think you should re-release it just for nostalgia's sake for me (laughs) but or just send me send me i won't i anyway because i I can try to find it i really like that one but uh and then i remember you did like a little it was either two or three piece thing 
I, I think maybe it was that Jordan. It might have been Fountain Street. And that was with the sun will wake you up. I don't know yeah. if you you said you yeah, that was that yeah EP. that was still Fountain Street. So yeah, I was I was making music with uh, you know, Alex Dunning on guitar, and I met him um, through a college course that we were taking together. We were both really into music. You know, we started jamming together after class and uh, we started writing songs. And then Jordan is somebody that I had known for a really long time, and he's significantly you know younger than both of us. And yeah. uh, he, but I mean, he could really play the drums. And uh, well, I thought what was genius about that one was uh, you had him play Cajon, and you right. know, Cajon I think is coming back a little bit. I think it, it, it maybe when you did it, I don't think was as prominent as far as what people would do like live or anything. But the nice thing yeah. about a Cajon is you get like that nice bass drum sound and that snare sound, and it, you know, it sounds. And you just need one mic. So yeah, you had like this really tight sounding drum percussion side of things. And you didn't have to do 12 or, you know, 20 mics and right. mix all that. And I mean, the drums are always like such the hardest thing to do live. So I right. thought that doing it on a cajon, you still got kind of that drum sound and it was like fun. And right. it, it sounded really full I and mean, good. I jo- mean, Jordan, uh, you know, he was he was uh the master at that thing um you know i could beat on it and everybody could you know beat on it but yeah it does take you know a certain skill to actually you know keep like a really awesome beat on that thing yeah so like uh, you definitely got to give props to uh you know the people that can pull it off real you know really good but yeah like as you were saying you know it it does come in handy especially when you're playing you know out outside shows and uh, yeah, it's, small it's a very shows good and stuff travel like that thing but yeah but if you wanted to play like at a bar or you know just even like any venue really you could mic it up and and get it to sound good as well so yeah it is a really awesome uh, way of you know playing percussion i mean i remember recording my first few times and the first actually the first time like i went to a studio and recorded we hired a studio drummer that that uh kind of got hired out through the studio and he Mm -hmm. was like a metal metal drummer Mm-hmm. And didn't know any of the songs, and you know we're, we're trying to get like a good drum sound, which is a hard thing in general. But with this person that has never heard, like we played, we and we didn't know what we were doing. You know, we just yeah. kind of played through the songs once or twice with them, and we're like, oh, that's probably good. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it, it it didn't turn out good. And I, I I've you know throughout my years have always struggled with getting good I mean, until you know the the des- design to shine where i actually dropped some cash and had a consistent drummer right um but yeah anyway so doing it that way as for the recording i thought was actually pretty ingenious because you got this kind of full drum kit kind of sound right and then uh you didn't have to you know do that many fancy things to get there Right. And that that the sun will wake you up song. I mean, that's a super catchy good song and I think it was on that one. Yep, that was that was one that we definitely recorded right right outside in uh I think my mom's garage with the garage door <laughs> open, you know, we <laughs> you know, yeah. I've I've always been pretty impressed with what you do with the limited resources. So, uh it's it's, it's been cool to be be kind of Get get hip to it by right. you, so I can kind of pick up some things, so I I don't have to rely on so many other people to do stuff for me, because that's right. so. It well, can be so. Go ahead. 
Well, I mean, I was going to say, like, I remember hearing, uh, you know, some of your songs either live or, like, sort of, you know, demo quality. I think I'm So was one of them. And then mm-hmm. I remember you put out a video to the Mighty Vermilion, and uh, all of us were together when uh, you put that out, and we all listened to that. And then when you gave me the design to shine, we heard, like, what the actual sound is. Uh, right. You know. Kind of a li- little different than just the acoustic version, but... Right. Speaking but, of uh, uh, design to sign, I was, I was designed to shine. I was just listening to Mighty Vermilion earlier. Right. Well, and we recorded that video. So right. that, that was one thing I was going to bring up at some point. But uh, <laughs> right. I, I remember seeing... A, that, that was another thing, that you, you would just shoot these videos on your cell phone and edit right. them and... I was like, how are you doing that? And yeah. uh, <laughs> you, you were like, <laughs> oh, it's super easy. It's like I can do it in like a few hours. So then we talked a yeah. little bit, and you said that you would want to do the Mighty Vermilion. Yeah. And that song being such like a Pontiac kind of... Oh, yeah, for like, sure. Just a Pontiac song, you know, kind of talking about where I came from and making exactly. a lot of very specific Pontiac references... Um, we thought, you know, Pontiac would be a good place to shoot it, and you were already there. Right. And you, you had been uh, doing videos for a little while, so... Yeah, and that's uh, and that video was a blast to shoot, Tyler. Thanks again for letting well, me shoot. Well, thanks that for video. doing it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it was it, that was that was super cool. Uh, yeah, a lot was... of really cool stuff came out of it. I feel like that. You know, uh, there's there's a couple things. I think like the Palomar and the um, Chautauqua Park. We yeah. got a couple being out even uh, at Humiston, You know, but just, I'm just saying like the, those are to, like town markers that aren't there anymore. So just right. that alone is like cool to have like shots because I mean I spent oh, a lot I, of summers yeah, at yeah. that the pool oh, at that Chautauqua pool right. when I was young. And it had this cool, like, kind of vintage vibe to it. I mean, it's super, seemed like from the 70s, straight out of the 70s. Definitely, yeah. No, I look at that pool and I'm like, uh, you know, how could this pool, you know, be here for a whole town? You know, it didn't seem very big. And We actually did a thing with the um, with Blair, Kevin, and Big D where we after it was like already closed we got like inside the like we snuck into the top of it with uh my brother and his wife emily who who was mm-hmm. doing some pictures for us and we got some really cool pictures from chautauqua uh mm-hmm. thanks emily by the way for shooting those uh but uh and like that was like a whole day. We actually that day we had uh played in this festival at uh what what was the place called it was like a big Pontiac festival at the Crystal Palace, and Kansas was the headliner. Oh, and we got we got to That's you know awesome. play kind of er, earlier in the day. To, so that was a, that was a cool thing already. And yeah, then after I, that we go ahead. I know. I know. So that was that place by uh, Pontiac Exchange, kind of. That yeah, it's yeah, I think yeah. it's a church now. Well, it's been a lot of things. I think it was like a Moose Lounge. Mm-hmm. And then it was maybe the Crystal Palace, and then it was Freaksters. Freaksters, and, yes, that's that's and, what I know it as. <laughs> well, and kind of a weird side note: the um, one of the guys I still record with to this day, Jeff Easton, he used mm-hmm. to do sound at the Crystal Palace, and mm-hmm. he got us a couple of shows there. So we actually 
played there like a, a bunch of a handful of times i'll say and then mm-hmm. t- we got that show with kansas which is a pretty cool thing to just say we've done i guess but and then after that we shot all those pictures and you know we got some of those things that uh aren't there anymore right. and then that shit that shot of the pool just always reminds me of that day oh, shooting yeah. those pictures yeah i uh yeah i always just think of like that you know that last shot of the whole town lit up like i i love yeah. pontiac is really underrated in the sense that it's beautiful downtown at night yeah, and that's something, I mean, it, it, it's always been a little bit like that, but after I mm-hmm. moved, like, probably four or five years after I moved to Bloomington, that's when I would come back around Christmas time, and I would see it, and I'd be like, they're doing something different than they mm-hmm. used to do. Because, I mean, they used to do a little bit, but it's just like the, the downtown Pontiac has a lot of, like, they, they like, go hard on the decorations, and the, 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 the sitting planning oh, yeah. seemed to have got opened up. A yes. little bit. I mean, they've so, got an ice rink now downtown. I don't know if it's still there. <laughs> right. And that, well, they had that big park that they decorate pretty hard during the holidays, right by the giant old courthouse, which <clears throat> is a cool thing in itself. Right. And then right. the all the all the murals, which we got a lot of those, which in the video I think was super cool. Yeah, to, for to, sure. And the way you you thought to utilize them in some of them, I just remember like I wouldn't. I would have never thought of that, you know? Like, there's one right. uh, where there's, like, two people in the painting kind of standing looking up, and then you mm-hmm. had me stand next to him with my hand on the wall. Almost looks like I'm a part of the painting, which <laughs> is yeah. a, a really cool shot. And it's cool. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that particular um, mural you're you're speaking about, uh, somebody actually reached out, and I don't know if they commented in the video or if they reached out to me uh messenger you know um mm-hmm. but apparently that was like the part of their family uh the people that were like in that mural was like you know supposed to be somebody from the past or whatever that they had painted or whatever and hmm. it was like part of their uh you know somebody in their actual yeah. life which is kind of a cool story so Pontiac has definitely got a lot of history, and that's what I really love about that town. And then we, it was just fun to kind of go to all the landmarks. Like we did the the landfills, of course, right. which in that song are the mountains out by the runway. Right. right. Uh, I think we we you know which are, the place we shot was right by the the airport, and then right. we went to Humiston Woods, which there's a reference to that in the song. There's the you know the downtown which the has, literal one ways, <laughs> yeah the weird one ways you know just uh, <laughs> right. I always I always imagined what it would be like to come to Pontiac if you'd never been there and try to keep up with those one ways I think some people would have a tough time. Oh yeah for sure oh yeah definitely I know plenty of people who have you know just come to visit and you know have had a hard, difficult time driving down there so something and you then get the. Used to. Of course, the prison that was a big one. Yeah, I had big, my little, uh, which, I had my little cameo in there. Yeah, 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 that was cool. <laughs> uh, there, there was a bunch of just stuff like that. That's one of the things that one of the benefits, uh, you know, besides just having a good time when we hang out. I feel like you, you kind of hit me to some stuff. I keep saying that you, uh, but <laughs> like that, like some of those shots that you did. There was one uh, at Humiston Park like right across from the prison mm-hmm. where you were shooting, you shot me from the front and then you, and this again was all done on a cell phone, which was super crazy. 
um, but you you like ran it really you like ran it up to me and then you had a shot coming from the oh like, yeah the sa- where it goes like through me and I was right, like right. I, I don't even know how you did that but just little things like that that I probably wouldn't have really noticed or thought about before yeah I, I it was it was cool to kind of open you know, me up to some yeah of that. and I love you know like I I make I used at the time I was making a lot of dumb videos for mostly Instagram. That made literally no sense, and, you know, I, I wish we could have spent more time making more videos, you know, honestly, because, yeah, like, I remember watching one of those and laughing pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah, we we made some pretty ridiculous uh, things. And, who was uh, the guy, who was the other guy that did them with you? Uh, there was Austin, Austin Kilgore. Yeah, yeah, there was one, I think it had something to do with a football, that, or, I, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, there. Yeah, we. Yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. He tosses a football, and I go running after it in slow motion. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean that was just kind of like how we used to, you know, pass the time. Just like you know, uh, yeah, fun, fun that's stuff. awesome. Fun stuff. That, see, when I when I since I'm you know a few years older than you, we didn't have all the. <laughs> I mean, we had tech, but it wasn't near. I didn't have a computer in my pocket or anything. So, right. you you know, I I feel like I missed out on a little bit of that. But it's been I've been kind of slowly figuring it out. I I still take you know when I do like a video myself, which I didn't even understand the point of I think doing videos until I saw a couple of years, and I remember thinking like I gave this song way more of a chance and it turned out to be you know a a really good tune right when when maybe i would have turned it on before and you know would have heard the first couple lines and like eh, and maybe skipped it or something (laughs) yeah but because the video keeps you kind of hooked yeah i didn't even didn't get get that really and then Mm -hmm. i I remember telling you you need to make these for like all your songs because these are great (laughs) <laughs> and then um, I started trying to figure out the video stuff, and I right. think doing the Mighty Vermilion with you kind of gave me a little bit more, a, a good pushing off point. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, that's one of the benefits of, you know, working part-time. You have all this time on your hands to, you know, mess around. So I had a lot of time to just, you know, experiment and stuff like that. And people, I mean, you can do a lot, like, on your iPhone with iMovie. I mean, there's really no limitations. And I... I think that I've always like I before that I was under the impression that you needed to hire somebody to do things that so I I can't mm-hmm. make I can't make a music video until I make enough money to hire somebody to shoot it and edit it for me mm-hmm. and then after seeing you do it kind of yourself I'm like oh you can just do it yourself like there, there's no reason not to exactly and you know nothing to be afraid of or anything because I I mean a lot of the video editing stuff can be daunting for me because exactly. I I'm not super familiar with it and you know something i've been slowly learning over the years but um right and just recording in general like it, you know it's, it's nice to have an, a studio engineer that knows what the hell they're doing you know because right, right, <laughs> right. i yeah i, no, I just, for sure i have a tough time like if i do 10 takes of something being like oh this one's better than that one and i i don't know i don't i need somebody to be like somebody to tell me that i need somebody to be like that take is the one. <laughs> I, making that distinction is really tough for me. Right. But uh, you know, with the with the the iPad here, I've been able to start getting a little bit more open up to that. So I was gonna say, cool. what, what have you been working on lately? 
Uh, we just, uh, a couple things. Uh, okay. I, d- I just put out the Montauk, which I sent that one to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, for uh, sure. Uh, which I, I'm sure you, you've heard me say this enough, but I've been working on for almost three years at this point. So I believe that was inspired by Eternal Sunshine, am I correct? Yeah, Eternal Sunshine and the cool, Spotless cool. Mind, yep. Yeah, and, that one uh, turned out really cool. I really like that song, The Wheel, you have too. Oh, thanks, uh, man. I actually learned how to play that song, and uh, yeah, so- it's pretty straightforward. It's it's one of my simpler tunes. So, I, well, not I really that if it was complicated that you wouldn't be able to figure it out, but it's very like four quarter kind of song. Well, it's well, it's really fun to play, and I really love that uh, chorus. You know, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Yeah, just yeah, a I, I, really catchy I chorus. Like, I like the just the back and forth of the. You know, love is this, love isn't that, and then right. um, your heart is this, your heart isn't the. You know, like right. the the contrast and the. I I think the lyrics were kind of the more like the the standout part of that. So I was I wasn't trying to dress them up, but then we got in the studio and we did a lot of pretty cool stuff mm-hmm. with it. You know, with those four chords. You know, I had Dave Faulkner come in and play congas and. That kind of made it, just gave it a way fun vibe. And then shout uh, out Laura to Lynn. Dave. Yeah, shout out to Dave. And then Laura Lynn, shout out to Laura Lynn as well. Did hey, uh, the, the, ba- <laughs> the backing <laughs> vocals. And uh, and it just turned out really cool. That was a weird one too, because when I went in to do the vocals for that, I thought Eric, the, the engineer, he, he was like, all right, let's let's uh, let's just do a quick warm up here and we'll, we'll kind of get our settings and mm-hmm. I sang it through one time, and he's like, "All right, that should be good." <laughs> like I, and then I, you know, listening back, like there's just like this relaxedness to it that I right. don't think I would have had had we done twelve takes of it. Right. Uh, so, so Eric that, is that very was, like that. Eric is very yeah. uh, like you know, okay, that's that's the one. Even if you're like, yep. uh, I'm not sure if that's the one. <laughs> yeah, he he's a, he really is so he, good at. Yeah, he recording. is a really great engineer. Yeah, he he's done a lot of stuff for for me over the over the years since Design to Shine, and uh, sure. we recorded Design to Shine at his studio with Jeff, the guy I was talking about earlier. Right. He, and that took us three years, and and then now one song with just me and Jeff takes us three years. I don't know the math on that, but that doesn't seem like a good uh, one. Good, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> not that I wasn't releasing a bunch of other songs throughout, but anyway. Um, but yeah, so uh, the wheel, the wheel was good. I like that yeah. tune. Has some. Uh, I was, I was kind of going for an '80s kind of like a spring steamy kind of vibe with yeah. the with the synths and stuff like that. I can see that. But uh, yeah, so you you had mentioned Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and we were talking about Montauk. You know, one of the main lines on that is "Meet me from Mon- Meet me in Montauk." Right. Um, but uh, so that's where the title of the song came from. But uh, we we also have a pretty similar taste, and I think a lot of a lot of movies. That movie oh, yeah. was pro in high school was probably one of my favorite movies of oh, man. all time. Remember Such the first good. I remember the first time uh, watching it was like right after a really bad breakup. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, me too. And I watched it, and I remember just being emotionally crushed. You know how. Uh, you know, it's funny too because it's like that's such a sci-fi film, but it hits you it's, so hard. Like it's, it's so relatable. it's essentially a rom-com, but it's a sci-fi like take on it. It's kind exactly. of exactly. 
and very kind of abstract in a lot of ways. And, and a different uh, a different side of Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet, honestly. So I think that was yeah. also what made it very moving and uh, yeah, kind of took you off you, guard. It wasn't just Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey, which is hilarious right. and awesome when he is just that. But yeah. he, you, you realize that you know he has a lot of depth to what he does or can do. And I think that that uh, that yeah. was a definitely an, a good example of how deep the well is for that guy i know and I'll, and it's sad because you know i know there's a lot of people that probably haven't seen that film just because of you know it's sort of uh low budget nature i guess it's like an indie film but yeah. i mean it was just done so well uh the hulk bruce the guy that plays bruce banner is in it too which i kind of forgot about that mark ruffalo he's, yeah. yeah he's uh he's he i mean and Chris and really, Elijah Wood. Yeah, I mean, Kirsten Dunn. Yeah, it is a killer cast, really. Killer cast, yeah. And just done so well. And the takeaway from it, like, you know, there's this breakup that happens, and they're mm-hmm. both kind of bitter. And uh, at the end, well, I guess I shouldn't spoil the ending. Yeah, so, let's, no. no spoilers, no spoilers. All right, the ending, the the, the take on it is is it's like, amazing. It's just a different take, and I think that yeah. kind of it kind of lines up with the wheel in some ways, with like the thinking yeah. of the wheel. Yeah, but, for um, sure. Because because there's a you know there is a hard side to that kind of stuff that people kind of avoid talking about sometimes. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, so uh, what 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 else have you been digging lately, uh, movie wise? Movie wise, uh, I just watched. Uh... Well, I've tried watching Justice League. The new one? The new Zack Snyder Justice League. Okay, so I got some stuff to say about that. But um <laughs> okay. cuz I just I just finished that yesterday. So oh, okay. Um you know, you, it's a 4 hour long yeah, I didn't did watch, watch it, it in one set. Okay, that's what I was that's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> you'd you'd have to be a little nuts to watch 4 hour. No, we just treated right. it like a Netflix show. We just decided you know when right. to cut the episode instead, and then well, and that's back to it. that's the nice thing about it being broken up into what six parts. Yeah, which you definitely could have. Uh, we didn't really follow that, mm-hmm. but did you see the first Justice League? Uh, I watched bits and pieces of it, and I was not really a huge fan. No, you shouldn't have been. Nobody should have been. Yeah. That movie was <laughs> it was terrible a monstrosity. Yeah. yeah, I mean. Not that there wasn't some good elements to it, but right. I don't know. It was like two different mo- movies yeah. kind of wrapped up in one, and they don't explain either. You know, right. like I, that was one of the things about the new four-hour Schneider cut that it was like, you know, I you get like the backstory. There's a bunch mm-hmm. of villains that were originally in the Schneider cut that didn't even like they make see references yeah. to, but you don't see them and right, they don't right. talk about them. And right. the in-depthness, like, I, I don't know, I, I don't really get into the co- the actual, like, physical comics that much, but mm-hmm. I, I like the stories, and I feel like this had a lot more of that to it, which was nice. Now, do I think they could have shaved out probably an hour of just weird shots that didn't, you know, were unnecessary? I definitely do, yeah. but the, you know, I'd rather have more than less, I guess. That, well, and it's hard, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, that was really the big takeaway for me was uh, just how much, not only how much extra footage there was, but how uh, awesome the visual effects were. Way not, better than the original. Oh my sure. gosh, it was like it was like a completely different movie, like you were saying. 
And uh, it definitely had more of an epicness, and I believe the soundtrack was actually different too, because the music. So that is one thing that it. There, <laughs> there was this part. Me, me, and Lo were watching it, and every time Wonder Woman comes on, the it just made us laugh because it it was just this ridiculous music on the new on the Snyder <laughs> cut. Right. So I do I do think there were some choices made <laughs> like that that were kind of silly, right? Because um, it's just this over yeah. the top kind of woman chant that like yeah, yeah. sounds kind of Middle Eastern or African or so I don't even know, but I don't know what they were trying to do with what it. it. Sounds well the the what I get from it is you know Snyder is you know taking these characters that are pretty well known and he's like turning them into almost like gods you know mm-hmm. they're not like these aren't like superheroes like Spider-Man and you know the the Avengers and even like your typical Batman movies i mean he makes them like the whole worlds they're like much greater they're much bigger and you know yeah he he treats them almost like greek gods like myths yeah. like legends well and i th- i think there's a lot of that in the original comics though i mean i think wonder woman is like a product of zeus like uh, or something right. like isn't she like half half god mm. and aqua yes yeah, aquaman like and atlantis and Poseidon. i don't know i i i feel like there there are and because i'm you know not a big like I haven't read all the comics or anything. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know, but it seems to me that that was something that may have already kind of been built into the comics. Right. <clears throat> you see, and, it's, it's funny that you but, say that. Like, uh, you know, the ridiculous music that plays like when Wonder Woman comes in or whatever. Because I feel like all of his movies, he always like has these like really like theme. oddball soundtracks that sort of like weave in and out of the film. But the the Batman vs Superman has a Wonder Woman theme that's like this cool like ele- kind of harmonic minor kind of Middle Eastern gu- electric guitar riff that comes in. I just feel like that mm-hmm. w- was a lot cooler. I don't know. It was just like too over the top for me. I had the same feeling um, every time I heard it. It was just well, I just the way I feel about Zack Snyder. Uh, you know, I think the two movies he's done that I've actually like really enjoyed. First one being Dawn of the Dead, his remake of Dawn of the Dead, mm-hmm. which a lot of people forget that that's a Zack Snyder film. Yeah, I, <laughs> I couldn't have told you that before. It's really, it's actually a really great film. And then Watchmen. I remember seeing Watchmen in theaters, and he had like changed the ending, and it was really controversial. But I think his ending actually made it better. So like, I'm not trying to bash on him completely because like he's got some great movies, but most of his style, like I just, I'm not a big fan of those like. Like, all of his action is in slow motion, and yeah. his characters are just ridiculous. Like, they really are comic booky, and I know that's kind of the point, but, you know, I, I'm more into, like, you know, the Nolan, you know, Batman films. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't top that. It would be hard. Right. I mean, The Man of Steel was okay, I thought. was it okay Yeah, movie. Man of Steel. I, I did enjoy Man of Steel. And then um, the Batman versus Superman one was... I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. man. <laughs> I don't it was, I can't. I couldn't. Could, I, I, I liked elements of it, but some of the storyline was weird and and Jesse, the whole Mar- Martha thing. I just ah, Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. Yeah, like, that's just weird. I don't know. I just don't see it. Is it me? I don't know. 
a lot of people hated on Ben Affleck for being the being Batman, but he was like one of the best parts of that movie. I feel like. Yeah, Ben um, Affleck. You gotta like Ben Affleck. He's a good actor. And I mean, I I think after the first whoever the first Batman was gonna be after, um, uh, what's his name? The the guy from Dark Knight. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah, whoever that actor was going to be, there's no way they could have filled those shoes. Because, I mean, those oh, yeah. movies were maybe my favorite comic book movies ever. Because they have, like, right, you know, kind of horror genre stuff in it. A li- like, just a touch. Just like and, that uh, real-life, like, terror. Like, they, you actually felt, like, threat. You know, especially with The Dark Knight. You know, Heath Ledger's take on the Joker. was amazing. Really I mean, elevated no... that film and made it something more than it, you know, ever could have been without him. And it was very and realistic. They... And Christian Bale did the same thing for the whole series, I feel like. So, yeah. I mean, the the next person to play Batman, the next person to play Joker, like, just had no chance. And uh, uh, I don't think Ben Affleck was really as terrible as everybody made him out to be. I mean, he was no right. George Clooney. He's no George Clooney or Val Kilmer <laughs> or anything. <laughs> right. Yikes. But, uh, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I With the new Justice League, it, it was definitely, for me, it was a lot better. I don't know if I saw it cold without seeing the first one, if I would have liked it. But, uh, you, know, Heath, you know, Heath Ledger wanted to be Batman. I don't know if you know that story. I, I don't. I don't know it. Yeah, he. I don't know if he auditioned, but he had like talked to Christopher Nolan around the time Batman Begins came out, and and he wanted to be Batman, and Christopher Nolan uh, turned him down. So it was interesting that he had, uh, you know, chosen him to be the Joker. Which I yeah, don't know, I think that's really fascinating. That was a genre changing character. Like yeah, exactly. I think that his take on that was great and. I don't know, but yeah, I I did I I think I liked it. I I don't know if I I like loved it, but I mean it was uh, the the Justice League, the new one. It was it was kind of fun to point out the differences and kind of talk through that stuff. That stuff made it more more of a fun watch since yeah. I'd seen the first one to be like, oh well, that explains that whole part that they didn't reference at all. They did, that just happened and right. So I again I think I think it was man of steel caliber movie but it wasn't uh you know it wasn't dark knight series I just started well, watching Handmaid's Tale Yeah I've I've always been told that was good but I I could never uh convince myself to sit down and actually watch it for some it's, reason It's pretty messed up Yeah me too uh, you know I had seen bits and pieces uh, over at Smitty's Right, but, uh, and that's where I had seen, and I've only seen a couple of scenes of it, and I think that's yeah. where I had seen it. He must have been really into it, I guess, if we both have Smitty references with that <laughs> series. Yeah, he watches good shows. I don't know. Yeah, you know, uh, it's messed up. It's a messed up show. Um, that's that's for certain. But uh, it's definitely, and it's like you know, it grabs your attention and doesn't let go. And it's like one of those shows that. I could see being really easy to binge, but, you know, like last night I turned it off. It was just too intense before bedtime, so. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, I have always watched, that's the only time I ever watch stuff, so it'd be, it's, and that may, yeah. I'm, I'm hard to get to turn something off, because I just want to, I don't want tomorrow to start a lot of the time, since I got the work stuff going, 
That's I, why, I, like. I mean, I just prefer movies just because, like, it's like I can, you know, watch a piece of art begin and end in one sitting. Yeah. Whereas, like, I, you know, I love TV shows, don't get me wrong, but, like, you know, I can be kind of impatient with them. Yeah, and the, I don't know, every once in a while you get one of those episodes that's just, like, a non... It doesn't move the plot forward, it's just, I, like, a And that's a thing, filler. like... With, with making TV shows, like, you really do. Like, you have to grab the viewer's attention every single episode because, like, yeah, people will get bored of watching it, you know? So. Well, and I think that's different now with the streaming stuff. But, like, there, I don't know, every yeah. once in a while there's just, like, a, a, a show that will have, like, a bunch of really good episodes and then they'll have one that just kind of the plot stands still for a whole episode. And, it, you know, for me, if I'm watching it and it's midnight, I'm like, ah, oh, I just wish we could have seen what was really supposed to happen. Right. I feel like The Walking Dead was really one of those shows that, like, you'd be like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Right, oh, here's right. two episodes that have nothing to do with the storyline that you're actually interested in. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. uh... Takes you out. Takes you out of the story a little bit. Yeah. So, so the, what, what else have you been, movie-wise, have you been watching lately besides the Snyder? Um, that's about it. I re speaking of the Batman movies, rewatched Joker not too long ago. Obviously, we actually saw that movie together. Uh, we saw crazy. that in theaters together. Yeah. What a great movie. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, not definitely not a traditional comic book movie at all. And but, that's what uh, that's what I loved about it so much. Like I'm glad was... that they were able to do something completely different, you know. It wasn't canon. It was like unlike anything anyone had really seen before. Mm-hmm. Completely different take on that character. And the way it was shot. I I remember just thinking that in the theater was like Man, they they went real artsy in like the best way with yeah, the 11 Academy Award nominations. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a and lot of that's the same amount Titanic and uh Return of the King got. Wow. And then Joaquin Phoenix's performance was obviously great. Not that I usually expect anything less from that fella, but great great actor. Yes. And I've been really so, uh, I've been really re- wanting to rewatch Inglorious Bastards lately too. That's a great movie. Yeah. Anything tar- most Tarantino. Did you see the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Loved it. Yeah, that was a great movie. <laughs> oh, that, man. that was that was the last one he has done, though, right? Is it the yeah. Once Upon a Time? Yeah. But uh, in Glor- obviously, Inglorious Bastards is like a comic book movie about the the Nazis and stuff. I don't right. know. It was like a <laughs> it, it like had elements of yeah. It was like they're you know it's like a different way of ending the war. You know how right. Tarantino would have ended it if he could. <laughs> Yeah, and Brad Pitt's character in that is just so funny to me. It's An- like another Oscar-worthy performance right there. Yeah, but and then uh, he actually won for the last one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, and that one was great too. I there there was just uh, for me in that one there was just like a certain coolness about it. Like you just yeah. felt cool having yeah. those two caliber actors perform like. At their peak together, I just right. feel like that was that was something that was just a cool feeling, and they both did a good job. Like, I don't know, it, it was, was great. Hila- it was hilarious too. Yeah, yeah, and that's something I don't know. I I guess all his movies have an element of that, like Pulp Fiction. And, yeah, yeah, for sure. 
just just a a a humor that's very unique and kind of to his style i i don't think anybody else could even copy if they tried really no definitely not so what have you been listening to lately then cuz you've been watching watching some stuff there so what what uh music wise to? i've been listening yeah. to uh well actually uh sydney and i we just picked up uh the new fleet foxes album on vinyl nice uh that was our favorite album of last year um called shore and anybody that's listened to the fleet foxes knows that you know they have a pretty uh outdoorsy sound and Mm -hmm. that album was released around the time we were living at virginia beach and they actually put out a movie to go along with the album oh that's awesome and it was just a bunch, yeah. And it was just a bunch of like, it was something that you and I would probably end up shooting. Like, it was just like a bunch of like outside nature shots, artsy kind of very yeah, abstract art. Exactly, yeah. And, and they just kind of like, uh, you know, they made that album. And and another thing is like all the shots and it looked very similar to like places that like I've been personally in my life, including Virginia Beach at the time, but also like Pontiac and really mm. all over. And uh, so, yeah, we we picked up actually the limited edition of that on vinyl, and uh, it's a double album, and it's actually, the vinyl itself is uh, see-through, which is pretty neat, and it's got like, That's really cool. cool patterns on it. I'm about to try to figure out some vinyl pressing, and it is not my favorite thing, if I'm being honest. I mean, really? I, I, want, I want the result, you know, I want to have my music on vinyl, and I'm excited about that part of it, but... Right. Um, yeah, it, you're putting. It is so you're... expensive. <laughs> yeah, I know it's expensive. I don't remember exactly how expensive it is, but I know it's expensive. Uh, uh, m- most you're... of the packages you see online, they're like easily over a grand. Right. Uh, so I, I don't know exactly which way I'm gonna do mm-hmm. it. I would like to just get like a like I'm not gonna sell that many of them or anything. I you know I, I just want like a hundred. If I could just get fifty or a hundred to at least start. Because mm-hmm. if I sold them, you know, I could use that money to maybe get them reprinted, repressed again. But yeah, um, I it, don't know. It's just there's so many uh, like layers to it. Like you, you I'm gonna have to get a, my all the songs mastered for the digital part of it, and then I'm gonna have to get a separate master for the vinyl. So how many another, songs are you gonna have on there? Uh, seven. It's just seven? a little EP. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and. I, I've talked to you about this before, but it's the pandemic relief and and it's uh, live near normal. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's the one I actually recorded in this room for a stream. It was just like a random stream I did. I think there and, was like uh, the wheel, and then you had that one, Good Friends, which has a really yeah. awesome riff. Yeah, Good Friend. It, it, from start to finish, it goes Winter White, um, Digital Soul, Fool's Gold, Trilogy Song. Um, completely closed the wheel, good friends. I think that's okay. that's the that's what I I, I haven't a hundred percent. I'm not a hundred percent sold on that yeah. order, but the it's kind of just a different project. It's a little kind of similar to what you were saying with uh, Fleet Foxes in that you you'll the cover of it will be a QR code that you can scan to go oh, to the cool. actual live performances. So you'll see it being performed like as it was when it was recorded so you know, there there's videos to kind of go along 
with it. Uh, and I mean, they're not like the most amazing quality or anything, which is kind of why I thought it would be fun to do it on vinyl because it's a one mic recording, you know, it's not anything fancy, kind of very lo-fi. So I feel like it already has that right. feel kind of. So yeah, looking I really, forward to that. I really dig that. I really dig anything, you know, super lo-fi. Like, I don't know. I There's just an authenticity about it that, uh, I don't know. It just sounds good to me. It's not quite hide. There's nothing to hide behind. I feel like yeah, which is it's, for it's me a little scary. But um, yeah, for sure. You know, I do that every weekend, so I shouldn't be. <laughs> but you know, once you release something, it's like that's it. You know, that's that's. Yeah, I was gonna say. Didn't you just play? How how was your show at the Clark Bar the other night? It was good. We had a couple uh, returning kind of fans and friends come out, and that's always uh, fun. I don't know. I just keep doing a different setup and uh, paying too close attention to that instead of... I get too in my head about the setup and, like, doing 18 things at once that I, yeah. I, I'm i not as in the moment as I would like to be. And I keep telling myself I'm going to scale it back, scale it back. And then when the show day comes around, I'm like, well, we'll just see what happens. <laughs> so well, I know I you put a lot of effort into making your life sound good, but, I mean, it definitely works because, like, I mean... You know, you really fill the bar with with your sound, and it sounds, you know, good. Like, it's good that you take that time, I feel like. Yeah, but, you know, I don't know. There's a fine line, you know, because if if it's taking you out of the moment and the performance of the songs too often, Mm -hmm. then is it worth it to do? I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it, I don't... Even if it sounds cool, if it sounds really, really awesome live, if I'm like not in the moment because I'm trying to, oh, what pedal am I going to step on next? And, what, oh, the elect, having an electric sound yeah. here would be cool. Or, oh, I need the bass to come in here. You I was going to say, those... I, I don't think people realize like how much is like actually going on. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's part of it, too. I mean, for how cool it, it can end up in sound... You know, who even really, like, <laughs> notices what I'm... Like, they don't hear the little organ pedal I have, the organ machine, the uh, electroharmonics uh, C9 organ machine mm-hmm. c- coming out of my, my little cube amp. I mean, they probably... It's so subtle that, like, you don't... I don't think most people would pay attention or care that I'm doing that. But for yeah. me, it's like, oh, it'll be cool because it'll fill out the sound, you know? Because it's just... Yeah. one or two or three people most of the time and there's only i mean dave dave does the hand percussions and he yeah. locks that down really nicely but i mean you know it, it's just two people a lot a lot of me because right, <laughs> right. i got the the guitar the bass the organ the Pedal, electric, to me electric just, guitar those pedals are just like i don't know it confuses me a little bit because like you know, I had started when I was playing with Liam, you know, in Dead Ends or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's when I first started using pedals. And I remember you were working at Kidder still. And yeah. I come in for a distortion pedal. And that was like my first or second <clears throat> pedal that I've like, you know, ever had. And even just using like that one pedal was like so difficult to get used to, you know, stepping on it every single time the distortion needed to kick in or whatever. And you know your shows like you're constantly you you you're not quite as crazy as Blair, but you know. Yeah, well, that I was gonna ultimately say, you know, that's a the anything pedal related that I've gotten into is a symptom of playing with Blair because he has his cockpit of pedals, 
yeah. sometimes three per show, just full <laughs> giant pedal boards. That, that's ridiculous. Like, but he's got I mean, every I'll, single effect in in the book right there, palm of his it, foot. <laughs> You know, it's, it's a lot of just overdrive and delay, I think, is a lot of it. But, um, yeah, he, yeah. what he does with it, though, is, I mean, I think, like me, he has time. Because there's so many, you know, there's so many going on that mm-hmm. it does take him out of it a little bit. But the overall, when when he's, like, clicking and everything's, like, going good, I, I, I've never heard anybody make the noises he makes, you know? Like, I don't right. Even like professional players, sometimes. I mean, not for like our whole set or anything, but it's pretty impressive. Um, there's sometimes where it's like I've never heard a, t- a, a live tone that good, right? And and uh, that that's always just you know, and th- that brings up the level of the whole band. You know, when you hear that, it's like, well, I gotta, you know, I need to really step, step up. up my game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. So I, I was going to talk a little bit, too, about um, us uh, writing some songs together, because that was something else we have done. And yeah. uh, I actually played, I don't know if you remember this song that well, but the Alien song. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, for sure. So last, last Night at Clark Bar was the first time I ever tried to play it live. Oh, cool. How'd it go? It didn't didn't go well, but... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. I was just overly excited to do it. And then, you know, it just kind of blew by, and I, I wasn't yeah. maybe not like the, ready. It's not like they're going to know, you know? No, no, no. Now I, they I, do. I think, yeah, if if the the people that were there hear this, I guess they'll know that that's not really how it sounds. But, so, we've, how many, I think three or four songs we've written together, is that right? I know yeah, it's New Orleans, like definitely. Got, there's, uh, yeah, New Orleans, uh, there's that Alien song, and then we also had... Uh, what was that song called? Uh, I don't remember, but I remember the chorus being like "burnt a burnt a fuse, a couple of screws coming loose." Oh, Dan! It was well, wasn't it Dandelion Hillside? Oh, that was another one. That's so another yeah, okay, one. that's one I forgot. Lo actually helped with that one too a little bit. Yeah, she um, did. She did. But uh, that was fun. We rec- I I actually still have that recording on my phone, and you that, can like hear us all just having a good time. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I I have one of Alien that you you played with me on. You did uh, you you did like the foot drum for it, oh, yeah, and it's just yeah. like uh, obviously it's real sloppy and weird. But because um, we we were still like writing the song then, you know, we we didn't have it was it was only about halfway done. But uh, it has like a cool some cool things you did in it, and it, I yeah. don't know. It was just one of those songs like I started writing and I just could not for the life of me finish, and then you came and kind of did the whole help me with the whole second half of it and yeah. uh uh and then i feel like it was kind of the opposite w- way for dandelion hillside and yeah. for, i don't know new orleans was a little bit more collaborative i feel like but I, you had the guitar riff i think started before we before we had uh really worked on it that that's one of those that you know i, w- I wish that we could get recorded because i feel like right. that's such a fun cool song that yeah it is you know just out of the ether that and the dandelion and the there we did one that was like maybe not my favorite but um that one was i think i had kind of the guitar too but the, yeah, the one I that mean, was like um uh, i know which one you're was, talking about uh wasted and i'm wasting my time 
caught up on all these. Mo- I don't know. Um, yeah, it was like burnt, burnt a, a yeah, it was, it yeah. was something like that. Yeah, I, yeah. What that, the heck was that called? Now it's gonna drive I don't me remember. Crazy. And I, I honestly, I tried to think of like the lyrics last night, and I could not come up with very much. But uh, yeah, I, I only had a ukulele in front of me, so I mm-hmm. was trying to figure out how to play it on the uke, and <laughs> that was. I don't think that was helping me as far as the remembering. If I had a guitar in my hand, I maybe could have got through a little bit more of that. It, but... uh, that baritone uke. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the Baritone Lowe's been news. playing that a lot lately, which has uh, been fun to see her kind of progress with that. She, she was she was playing and singing a couple songs, and I was like, man, she's coming along with that. So that's, we, that's I've been, awesome. She she started kind of dab dabbling like a long time ago, but it's been very like on and off, on and off, and like we'll go through a phase where she'll you know want to learn a couple things and then yeah. kind of not play it for a few months and then pick it back up. But this one seems to be a little more sticky this time because she can actually, like, do some more intricate chording and sing a little bit while she's playing. That's and, awesome. I, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I remember the first time I ever picked up a baritone uke. It was in your apartment, and I <laughs> right. bought one, like, the next day because I thought yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. They're cool. I don't know. I it, it, They have that uke sound, but it's it's a very specific, you know, it's not that high... Well, I have a, I feel like for me, like I, I really enjoyed it. And like, you know, right now I'm, um, I just bought a, a baby Martin. I really, I I really like I sold it to you. Do you remember that part of it? (laughs) Oh yeah. You sold it to me. That's, that's correct. (laughs) Got me a really good deal on it too. I appreciate it. Yeah. No problem. No problem. But that, that is a pretty sweet guitar. Yeah. And it, it sounds amazing. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, as like a stylistic choice, I guess, uh, I, I just really like those smaller bodies I think they, I, I'm that way too. I also I have like a really loud voice just naturally. Like sometimes mm-hmm. like I feel like I don't even need a microphone just because like I can sing like I just I've, the way I've, I sing is just really loud. I've uh, I've had that thought about your voice too, and I I think I I kind of have a little bit of that as well. I mean I there's so many times where I'm in like this room that I'm in right now recording. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm like doing like a live stream, and I'll get out, and Lowe's like, "Well, I heard the whole set." Like, <laughs> even though the door's closed and I'm, you know, locked in the in the room here, right. she can hear it perfectly, no matter where she is in our apartment. I think. Right. Poor, yeah. poor, poor girlfriends have to hear those songs so many times. Yep. Over and over and over again. But... Yeah, they do, and sometimes they have to. Sometimes they just have to sit quietly in the room while their boyfriends do these podcasts you know and... <laughs> oh she is she in, in there sydney in there <laughs> yes uh, she's sitting there playing her game good i'm glad that she has something to entertain she says hello nice. we'll tell her hello back and Ty- uh, tyler says hi I didn't say hi. she says hi low <laughs> Lo and uh myself will hope that you guys come back around uh at some point and uh i'm sure we can do something happen. together so you so let, let's talk about that for a minute here because you you were in Pontiac for the longest time and then all of a sudden you know you're like all over the United States so <laughs> I want to talk about, talk about how that's been for you isn't what, that crazy been, yeah yeah it seems like just like within like a few weeks it seemed like you were the, the Ryan yeah. Wolf the Pontiac guy and then you were Ryan Wolf the 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 worldly traveler all of a sudden 
Well, yeah, you know, so I worked, so I was working at County Market for, I worked there for over, or just about eight years, actually. And, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, so I met Sydney and, and, uh, you know, they didn't want to give me, uh, the money that I requested. And it was just kind of this really lame situation on that end. I wasn't happy and, I really wanted to do something that I had never done before, and you know, uh, yeah. If I hadn't met Sydney, I don't. Th I think I'd probably still be in Pontiac, sadly, because like uh, I've lived now in what Champaign, uh, and then Oklahoma, uh, Texas. Yeah, go through the whole list. Yeah, Texas, uh, Virginia. Um, you were in New York, right? We were in New York pretty recently and now and then we went back to illinois and now we're back in uh now Oklahoma? we're in where are we sydney where are we texas <laughs> we're in texas Tex what? okay all right so we're in <laughs> see i mean so many places at this point it's hard to keep track of but uh but that's it, awesome i mean that's that's something I, I i wish that i could do you know so it is awesome i mean uh right now yeah so you know i had gotten a job uh working for sydney's dad and then um i had gotten a job working for the wind company um, the windmills working on wind turbines yeah uh i was part of a cleaning crew and we climb the towers every day and basically just clean the towers make them look nice and shiny how'd you it, like that being up so high i didn't love it i didn't <laughs> didn't love yeah, it i'm not i'm not i'm not a good heights guy yeah me so. neither like it's weird because it's like so the climb up isn't really so bad like it's not as bad as you think but uh it's also kind of claustrophobic so for people that are claustrophobic it might not be so great but once you are get you, up are, are you one of those people i'm i'm it didn't really bother me so much if like okay so let me let me just try to explain this the best I can. Yeah. So, climbing up to me wasn't so bad. I think it was. I was just really excited and like, you know. So I didn't really feel that afraid. In fact, I felt kind of the opposite. I felt like good about it at first, and and then you get up there, and really the height, it's like it just doesn't even like seem real. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, so it's like not as scary, and like there's a lot more space at at the very top. Uh, it's called a nacelle. And it's basically the size of a living room. And mm. there's a lot of space to move around. So it's not it's not super bad and like there's a latch obviously where you can like look out the you know, look out the top and it just it doesn't even look real to me. Like I don't know <laughs> if that makes any sense. But I will say this, climbing down is the worst part. That's almost <laughs> I can worse. See that. Because I like can see that. You realize, oh, you know, I'm up here 400 and whatever feet, and like you, I'm, ass I'm assuming you're on like a bunch of harnesses and stuff, right? Well, like, you, ha you have like if you went rock climbing, it would be similar, right? Well, you have one harness, and so it's basically a ladder straight up and straight down, mm -hmm. and it's just literally one ladder, and there's like four sections where you can like you know rest at and like take a break. Or whatever. They're basically... I think they're called cans. They call them cans. And uh, climbing down is just like... You know, these cans are like almost 100 feet each. So it's just like this... You're basically climbing down 100 feet of just like this empty space. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, the climb down is a lot scarier because it's like, yeah, you think, like, if something goes wrong with your harness, like, this is not going to be good. And, uh, yeah, there were a few times where, I'm not going to lie, you know, I I panicked a little bit. And uh, also another thing is, uh, you know, when the wind really picks up, the towers sway back and forth. And, mm. they, and they sway, <laughs> like, you know, at least, like, four feet one way and then all the way back the other way and sometimes they'll just keep swaying back and forth and it's it's difficult to stomach but um obviously the money is really nice yeah yeah, and and you meet new people and uh i'm not saying uh you know because like i didn't really meet anybody that i particularly cared for but uh (laughs) you definitely get a a, like a sense of like uh, i don't know just like identity i don't know it's kind of how I felt. Like I kind of like know who I am now, and like working at a job like that when you're around a lot of people with just like all sorts of personalities, it's kind of it's kind of interesting watching all those different people work together. But it was a great experience. Currently, I'm laid off, and uh, you know that's why I have all this time to like work on music right now. And which I do want to get into, but before we move on, what um what was your what's your I think you had mentioned to me that Virginia you liked Virginia a lot, but is that your favorite out of all the because you went to Colorado too? That was one of them, right? Oh, Colorado! Jeez, did I, I forget that did one? Did I forget that one? I think you did. I think you did. But you had been to Colorado before. Yeah. So the for my first trip in, to Colorado was in 2016, and I was there for about a week, and I fell in love with it. Obviously. Um, yeah. I think most people that go to Colorado who have never been there fall in love with it. Yeah, it's like you're in a painting. It's like yeah, it's yeah, un- it really unreal. is. It is very surreal, and you know there are definitely some sites there that are just you know they take your breath away, and and you just want to, you just feel like you. It's like a spiritual experience. You you almost feel like you know you're just there now. You know, and I, I feel like there's just a different like. Before I had gone there, I was just like, I'd seen videos of p- people being there, and I'd seen right. stuff on, like, nice camera work there, like, yeah, in yeah. movies and stuff, but nothing can capture it, and, like, the real feeling of being in there. Right. Like, I feel like I was like, oh, I get it, you know? I, I, <laughs> I, I would know what it was like, and then you get there, and you're kind of just in awe, because you, you, pictures yeah. don't pictures and videos can't tell you like they just don't do it justice like to, they don't they don't tell you what it's like to stand right next to a mo- mountain that is right. so like so high up you just you can't yeah. fathom it really if you hadn't seen it in real life i i feel like yeah there there are a lot of sites like that there and it is it is just breathtakingly beautiful um virginia on the other hand you know, it's weird because, like, when we moved to Virginia, I really didn't, you know, care to live in Virginia, but, you know... You had no, you didn't have a lot of preconceived notions of it, though, either. Right, like, right, yeah, I mean, I never I never thought of it as, like, it, it's going to be this beautiful state, and maybe that was just, like, ig- you know, ignorance, because, like, I didn't know anything... I mean, I didn't know a lot about Virginia, and I had never yeah, been I to Virginia don't. Beach... But we were living we were living in uh, Norfolk, and uh, the downtown was just like beautiful, uh, kind of quiet, like you know, kind of like Colorado in the sense where you know there's murals like pretty much on every splashed onto every wall and fence, 
just like everywhere. And then you get to Virginia Beach and there's like the boardwalk and the beach. And then there's all these restaurants and bars alongside. And, uh, you know, uh, Sydney's mom came and visited and stayed at a hotel on the beach. And it's just, uh, we just have a lot of great memories. I have a lot of great memories personally in Virginia. And I, I love it there. Like, I mean, I could live there. I'd probably choose to live there over Colorado. I know that sounds crazy. But, uh... Well, I mean, you, you've you lived in both, so I can't right. really uh, say much to that, you know? Yeah, Colorado, uh, you know, when I'm in Colorado, I just want to spend my entire time, you know, outdoors, doing adventurous stuff, you know? Um, in Virginia, I kind of just want to, like, sit by the beach, and it's, like, really relaxing, you know? It's very relaxing. And seeing, and all, I will, and seeing all that I blue. will say, driving in the mountains is the opposite of relaxing. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it is pretty scary. Up to about 12 real quick. And those late night, midnight, or later drives. Because we, you know, we were playing shows up in the mountains sometimes. And right. we'd get done. We're like, well, we got to get to this Airbnb. Which was always an adventure. But I don't know that it's some of that stuff is... You know, and I know you probably get used to it if you did live there, but it's a yeah. little overwhelming at times mm-hmm. to drive there. Oh, and yeah. I can't even imagine if it was like wintertime snowy roads, like in the mo- oh man, I can't. Like I'm, I'm getting sweaty a little just talking about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, driving in the mountains is not is not the best. It's not the best, but you do really see some cool sights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to have your camera going the whole time, almost. Yes, yes, for sure. But if you ever, if you ever get a chance to go out to Virginia, I I would stay like either in Norfolk or Virginia Beach, and I I really think you would you would like it there a lot. It's I believe it. I mean, I'm not really awesome. When you move there more more uh, uh, permanently, then I can come come there to do some shows and I'll have a place to stay maybe. I can I can cohere sure. into that. For sure, for sure. <laughs> now give me a give me an excuse to go hang out at the beach, which I always uh especially right now, I just need some something like that to look forward to, honestly. Yeah, it's I been, think it's been think, a long pandemic. Yeah. It has been. Are you are you doing okay? Are you doing okay? I have to ask. Yeah, sometimes, you know. Sometimes, you know, you, okay. You, there's yeah. there's a range of weirdness, I think. It's super with, weird. It's super weird. With us. Uh, especially at first, you know, when everybody started, when, when all the businesses, you know, either started shutting down or, you know, we're doing all the, you know, safe distancing and you have to wear a mask everywhere and then it's like you go out, you forget your mask and they, they don't let you in if you don't have the mask and you want to protect people, you want to protect yourselves and... It, it's just it. It was very surreal and has been very surreal, and and it just it it does seem now that there is some sort of endpoint in sight, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I hope so. When, I mean, they move the 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 goal line all the time. Like the, they mm-hmm. they just kept being like, oh, we're just gonna shut down for a couple of weeks. Oh, we're gonna shut down for a couple of months, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know, come to now, we're at a, a year essentially. I mean, we're. Right at a year of everything being super weird, yeah. And as a active musician, you know, it's it's been uh, a, 
it's some some positives in the reflection part about mm-hmm. you know not just being on autopilot. There's definitely some good to that, and I've been lucky enough to have a job pretty much the whole time, which yeah, that's you know, awesome. It, it, it's a double-edged sword because you know you're all work and you can't go out and play. You know, like that mm-hmm. was the thing when I in back when it was like normal. Uh, normal times uh you mm-hmm. do all this work during the week but you'd be working for the weekend essentially so right. that's what the the weekend warrior show recap podcast is all about you know it's about being a weekend warrior you ever every friday saturday or sometimes thursday sometimes sundays being playing these shows every weekend but then also working you know a full-time job and right you know so th- there was a, a lot of contrast whereas now it just seems the opposite you know it's just all (laughs) work and nothing to really nothing tangible to really look forward to and i've been lucky i've had some shows here and there but it's different you know it's not the same as it was and i don't know i don't know how long it's going to take us to get back to any sort of like um normalcy yeah where we're not thinking about oh could this just could they could could we go backwards you know could could it you know come back around and re resurface and be and twice if, as bad well and, and i mean like yeah i mean we're always moving forward things are always changing you know i don't think there's ever really any moving backwards ever you know in in the history well, of the well what I, what i'm saying is like so there there's been a couple times in bloomington where it's like okay well you can go eat at a bar and uh, as long as you wear a mask and limited capacity, and then it's like the 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 numbers go up, and then it's like okay, everything's closed again, you know. Mm-hmm. So having that in the back of your mind, it's like, well, we could go back to the 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 first phase that it was, where everything shut down and you're locked in your house, like. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's always like a sense of you know if the numbers get bad enough you know we could go back there. I think now having the vaccines and stuff, people are feeling more safe, and it seems to you yeah. know ma- make it seem more realistic that maybe we wouldn't go backwards, which yeah. is a nice kind of feeling. But it's still there. Like it, it could still happen. You know, yeah. it's still in the back of the mind. I'm trying to be optimistic about it. Uh, you know, these haven't been easy times, but. You know, I have a lot of experiences now that I'm grateful for. And, you know, uh, as for the COVID thing, you know, I'm I'm sure it'll blow over eventually. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, that's the hope, I guess, right? And that's, that it doesn't, yeah. doesn't, we don't, we don't go backwards and don't have to do all this again. And maybe it made us more aware that something like this could happen. So there'll be more like safeguards in place that would make it so it would be you know quite a bit less likely that something like this would happen and as terrible as you know the the covid stuff is you know it wasn't it's the the death rates weren't crazy like it could have been way worse you know oh yeah like if it had the the death rate of like the ebola or something like that i think in the beginning people thought it was going to be way worse right Because, you know, like, people were just going nuts, and, you know, everything at the grocery stores was, like, gone, and, uh, you know, businesses were closing, people were out of jobs, and... Yeah, I mean, um, that happened to me directly. I I mean, um, the place I'd worked at for 10 years closed, and I had to find a new job. Yeah, that's, that's terrible. 
And there's just all this uncertainty, I think, that kind of leads to anxiety in a lot of ways. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so like you were saying, there's been some cool stuff that's come out. I, obviously, this album I'm about to release, the EP, I guess, not an album, but record EP that... Um, yeah, I'm really excited about happened. that. I'm None ex- of that would have happened, you know? Exactly. And to me, it's like... It's kind of like a tattoo. Like the the the, the performances may have not been, you know, mind bending or anything, but I'll always have that to kind of be like, oh, remember when that happened? That was nuts. Yeah, and this exactly. is what we were doing. We were just streaming on the internet constantly. <laughs> I mean, for for most musicians, especially the the ones that work regularly, they were just like flooding the internet with right. their streams every like it was overwhelming there was like too many streams see i, <laughs> but, I uh, see i didn't do that because like i yeah. was like you know what i'm not gonna be that guy <laughs> but i mean it, it was like uh you know we we were all addicted to it and then all of a sudden we don't have it anymore the right. live performing and we had to find some kind of way to I don't know to to calm that kind of desire to perform, even though it is in no way similar to an actual live show, because it is right. weird. I, I I don't think it gets commented enough on like the weirdness of being in a silent room with your guitar, but then having you know thirty to fifty people have their eyes on you, right. and then you play a, play a song and you don't get any reaction after you know, there's no. Yeah, I feel like my best shows are usually the ones where it's just me, like, by myself, like, in a room. <laughs> well, I it's I don't, I don't know if that is the case always, but I have that same feeling. And it's because there are no, you know, you're just having fun, you know? There's, yeah. not, there's not anything external. It's like, I, I get, I get, because I, ha- I used to have all these shows all the time, I would be practice in hours a week essentially you know about an hour a day yeah and uh some of that does become a little bit like work because you're trying to learn new songs write new songs but you also have to maintain a lot because doing like three four hour sets you have to maintain right a a lot of music i mean that that there's no 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 bones about it you can't not play like half your set for a couple weeks and then play it on the friday and just hope that that's enough you know um then you're going to be sloppy. I, I was going to say, I can't even remember the last time I performed in front of anybody. You go back and forth on that a lot anyway, yeah. though. Like you, yeah, that's you true. Think, that, that, that is something that uh, I was kind of interested to talk to you about a little bit. Is like, uh, you're, you're, because there's been times where like I've offered you a show or something like that, and it's right. just like seems like you don't want to, you almost don't want to do it. Yeah. And, uh, so... I, I kind of just wanted to see see what you where that kind of comes from, I guess. Because I, um, I you can't get me off a of stage most of the time if there's one where I can play. Well, I mean, I don't I don't want to like get like super in depth about it, because uh, like I don't want to I don't want to come off cynical. I mean, it's obviously you know a lot of fun to perform songs, you know, just just mm-hmm. to just to play them. I mean, you know, it's just fun. Uh, whether they're original songs or cover songs, it's just fun to play music. So, uh, you know, that is always going to be fun. Uh, but for me, you know, I, I've always been more about playing my original music. And yeah. I know I know we've had this discussion before. But where, nobody's, you know, nobody's heard the discussion, so I'm kind of trying to... 
Well, well, uh, get, get a dialogue about it so other people could maybe think about that a little bit. I, I don't know, cause like, I, I mean, like sometimes, uh, I I don't know. I don't pl- I don't really. Uh, I don't know if it's laziness necessarily, but I I think there's just like part of me is like hesitant to play shows because I want to strictly perform original music. And, um, you know, I enjoy it when people, uh, you know, come together, you know, and appreciate like that kind of style of, uh, you know, watching, you know, live music in general or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, and I get the whole thing, you know, people don't know you and they want to hear covers, but I guess just for me, you know, I just I strictly like to stick with original music and you know, I've I haven't played like a ton of ton of shows, but uh mm-hmm. I think my favorite shows were the ones where I was playing, you know, with the small group of guys, especially like with Liam and uh, right. uh Mike, we played a show in Downtown Normal as a, you know, a rock band and there was a decent amount of crowd there. And that was, like, probably my favorite show because it's, like, we were playing all original music. We didn't have to play for, you know, three hours of, like, cover songs, which can be really fun, and it's fun because it's, like, people are really getting into it, and it's fun to see, and it's a good time. But uh, I've always been more about, you know, trying to play 30 to 40-minute sets of original music, maybe one. And obviously, I'm a fan of that as well. I mean, if it were up to me, that's probably what I... I would probably go more like an hour and a half um, of Mm -hmm. original music, but um, you know, hour and a half, two hours, get a really solid, tight set, but the opportunities for those are a lot... Those types of shows are very limited, so... And also, also too, like, I mean, for me, like, I I don't like I I didn't never took any vocal lessons so like the way I the my the way I sing is probably not very good for my voice because like I sing a few songs I have a very raspy voice and I don't it just kind of comes out that way but it hurts after a while so it's like you know after an hour of playing you know my voice is just tired and I like have to rest it and I definitely understand that I think I have a similar th- thing that I do but I think over the years of doing those long sets I it's changed my voice a lot yeah and the fact that like I, I always have like I, I leave some in the tank and I don't overdo it you know if you're playing a four-hour set you know you you kind of want to ease into the set you don't want to like play a bunch of right. killers right away kind of wa- use the first like, hour as like a warm-up Right. And I see, I've never done that. Like, I always just like, I try to go in like as hard as I can uh, right right away. Cause like, I like to, you know, just, yeah, I don't know. I and like to just make that's it. That's a good mentality. I'm not taking away for that. But, you, you know, it's just like when you're playing for a four hour set, you almost don't have that option. Right. You know, you, you pretty much just can't do that. And you have to pick that first hour set like pretty specifically because you know which songs kind of warm your voice up and are easy to sing and then you get there and then you can kind of build off that but i mean that's something that's years of doing to figure out yeah and you know like lately i have been uh actually learning a lot more cover songs on the guitar than the normal 
And I think that's just because, you know, once it starts getting really nice outside again, you know, I like to busk a lot. That's honestly, oh, my, yeah. that's that's honestly my favorite way of playing because, like, I get I to be outside. I was literally about to say that. I was literally about to say that's one of my favorite ways to play because you have complete control. There's no – you don't have to bring a ton of stuff. You yeah. Make, you're in the moment, you know. You're like uh, – Right. There's just – it's pure, if that right. makes sense. Like there's there's no effects. Like you're not you're not coming through a PA system, you know. Right. You're, you're not hearing your own – because that's a weird thing in general. Just like if you're used to playing acoustic all the time, mm-hmm. then you, you sing through a microphone, you know. It kind of can mess with your head a little bit, especially if it's not mixed well and you don't have monitors and all these little things that nobody talks about a whole lot. But mm-hmm. uh, when you're doing the busking or you're doing like a farmer's market where you don't have to – do any live sound it's it's a different thing it's like a different animal and it's a lot of fun sometimes yeah i love it i i love busking i love just like being outside you know people walking by they might stop and say hi like i just i don't know i love it and you can play whatever you want you can do originals but then if you feel like playing a cover you're like oh i want to play that song no nobody cares there's no you know, like expectation which is honestly nice. the when i think about it like a lot of the older songs that i wrote were just from like improvising and like busking and like i would have a melody and i would just like make up different words with the the songs and it's like yeah it's just like it's a really good way to be creative it's a good way to perform it's a good way to promote and yourself interact too with people interact with people that are walking like it's it's a different kind like at a bar you know you're not you do interact with the crowd between songs but sometimes when you're busking you're i i like find myself like talking to people in the middle of the song sometimes or like what you know you have like two two minutes maybe with a person that's walking by and like stops for a second and then you're you know you're playing for just that person for you know it's just so many different things that could happen and it's so like in the moment and it's it's a cool exactly it's it's fun for sure for sure but uh anyway so i was gonna ask you about your new music a little bit because you've been sending me some of that and i've been digging it so yeah uh i appreciate that um yeah i've been i've been uh as you know just making really experimental music lately uh, I've sort of but, been... But Ryan, Ryan, I will say as long as I've known you, that's been the case. I don't think there's ever... <laughs> I know. I don't think... No two albums are the same, I think, at right. all. I don't, well, that's I don't the goal. Think you... Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't it's know. It's a very wide range of music, and a lot. The, 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 something I've always been super jealous is just how, <laughs> how the, the, the quantity of output you have is much higher than most of the people I know, and me included, well, I try to, um, you know, take certain genres that, you know, are very similar to each other and, like, combine them. Like, I've always tried to do that, and, you know, I've I've failed pretty bad before in the past at doing it. And uh, sometimes it works, but I always try to make sure that, you know, whatever project I'm working on sounds completely different than the one that came before it. So... Uh, so that's you know, like an active thought when you're gonna do an album is like I want to make it sound more like this, not like that. It's not even really so much that is like I I sort of just think like okay like I'm gonna make this sound completely different and I don't even really know what that is until I I start just like kind of messing around really and I think I, I, go this ahead, time, sorry. well this time around uh, 
you know, I've sort of like, you know, I listen to the same music that I've been listening to for years, but I've also been kind of like, I have an ear for, you know, uh, some more modern music lately. And also just some music that I never got around to listening to. I'm a, like right now I'm cur- currently been listening to a lot of Fiona Apple. Yeah, and, I saw uh, that. You did that cover of hers, which is like really the only song by her I've ever really known and liked is that one. Yeah. So it was cool to hear that yeah. cover you did. And the song you're, you're referring to is Extraordinary Machine, yep. which, you know, as soon as I heard that song, uh, that was actually sort of like, you know, a light bulb clicked on and I was like, okay, um, like I've never heard anything quite like this. And then I listened to her new record. And was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do something completely different. And basically what that's been sounding like so far is is sort of just like this bedroom pop, indie, lo-fi, I don't know, experimental album. It's a little catchy. It's very weird. And uh, So you've been releasing some demo. Are the demos, some of the demos you're releasing going on the the EP? Or so, is it all uh, new? Because some of those I remember you sent me a while ago, and I yeah. really, really liked a lot of them. But then you just didn't really do much. That That's something that I, I never quite understand is when you have, right. like, a really, really good sounding and night well-written song, and you're like, right. I'm just not going to release that one. Um, (laughs) well okay so so i have like so many songs on uh the guitar that i've that i've just written over the last you know i think the last song i put on spotify was miss me much yeah which is a great that's one of my favorites of yours ever i think is that one and the video to that was shot really well and edited really nicely and and that was shot by uh hugo escobar and uh, he's a really great filmmaker, so shout yeah, out to well, Hugo. We'll put it was his, a good video for sure. Put his information in there. <laughs> he's right. very I good. Will. He still does that kind of stuff. And, and uh, uh, Sydney guest starred in that video, right? Yeah. Yep. That's that's <laughs> kind of around the time we met. But I have written, you know, probably uh, between thirty and fifty acoustic songs from that time until now it's just uh a lot of them are half baked and a lot of them i just have you know i'm just kind of like okay i'm gonna save this for a later project so i want to be very clear that the the next thing that i release is going to be on spotify soon but it's completely different than the acoustic music that i've slowly been working up to i've sort of slowly been working on something it's just not quite there yet so i I was gonna mention like because during the after the miss me much song you had some other like acoustic ish songs that you put out or that you didn't put out i mean yeah Uh, yeah i had put some songs that were essentially just demos and uh you know i mixed them and made them sound a little bit better but they were just there, kind there of. There were some of those that I, I'm not good with the names on them because you write so many goddamn songs. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. But there were there were some of them that were just like, wow, this is this sounds really good. These are cool ideas. There were a yeah. couple that had like that were mostly they didn't have any like percussion in them, and there was like big string sections, and um, you had like an acoustic and electric. I don't know there, but there were a yeah. couple of those that I was like. 
I remember you showing me kind of the ideas for like even more demo-ish versions of those songs. I was like, right. man, I would have released this already. This sounds great. Right. Yeah, well, there was a song uh, called Do Not Disturb Sign on the Door that I had written in 2019, and it took me like a whole year to record it. And I was like really dreading that like recording session because I wanted it to be like perfect, and I knew that I would never be able to make it sound as good as, you know, like, say, like, when I play it just, like, live or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it took me, like, a whole year to finally, like, record it. And then that's when I actually... I ha actually hadn't been writing too much until that point. And then... You yeah. say that, Wolf, but you, <laughs> I, I always say this. Oh, I got right. You got, you got writer's block. You're well, still writing three more songs a week than I've written in a month, but... Right. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, like... A lot of those are half-baked, though. You know, like, I get an idea or I get inspired by something, and I know, like, how something should sound, but I don't know how to, you know, end it or take it into a whatever direction. So a lot of those songs get put on the shelf, and I pick them back up later and rewrite them or, you know, come up with the rest of the, the song. But um, I actually will probably you know, be working on a lot of the recordings for... Because I have a lot of uh, acoustic music that that I should release, but I want to release this particular EP first, or whatever it is. I don't know if and it's going to be And how far along are, are you on that one? Is it, like, done? Um. So I just pretty much need to uh, re-record re some vocals, uh, rewrite some vocals, and just plain write some vocals but it's it's i can say it's going to be like five to seven songs i haven't really decided yet because um well i just it just it has to sound like a complete project to me and there are a couple songs yeah. that i'm at least not sure right now if we'll actually make the cut so it might end up being like a five song ep but it's purely most or at least mostly electronic um, I don't even really know how to describe the album. Um, it's, well, I've it's, only heard the one song, but it was definitely a lot different. Very experimental. Right. Uh, you're talking about uh, Ghosts of Yesterday. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yep. there's, there's a song called Ghosts of Yesterday on it. I've sent it to about probably 20 people and have gotten very, you know, mixed reactions so <laughs> <laughs> well that's i mean you're gonna get that no matter what but especially right. if you're doing something kind of more experimental you know it doesn't sound like anything that the person has heard before on the radio so you know I've, to them i've always it looked at it good. like if if the if the reaction is mixed like you know you're doing something right and you know you're learning from whatever doesn't work so it's like you're always you know you're still you know it's a learning experience but, well, that's I. Th I think that's the whole thing. I mean, I I don't think, I feel like I learn stuff all the time still, yeah. and I probably will continue throughout the time I you know continue to write songs and release songs and right. albums that you know you ne you never get to a point where you're like I think I got it all like <laughs> um, right. So so I don't think that really changes ever. But yeah, I mean what I what I heard I definitely thought it was cool and uh, looking forward to the rest of the hearing the rest of it. Yeah, I'm really excited to put it out. It's been a while and I'm 
I'm really excited to see, you know, how people react to it because it's it's definitely not your, uh, you know, conventional uh, pop album by any means. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's going to be great. And like I said, I'm looking forward to it. Where can people find your music currently? Let's Let's do that. So I'm on Apple Music and Spotify and just about everywhere else. Uh, what just, is, what just, do people have to search for? Just just search my name, uh, Ryan Edward Wolf. Um, I have a really cool video that my friend Hugo Escobar directed called Miss Me Much, and that's on YouTube. If you just look up Miss Me Much by Ryan Edward Wolf, um, it's a very ghostly Halloween-ish video. Didn't you release it on Halloween? Um, it came out around oh. that time, but I honestly don't remember when. I feel I like you told it. me before that you were gonna do the release that was, on Halloween. Yeah, that was the it... that was definitely the plan at the time. I remember because uh, <laughs> we just we we you know we spent a lot of time making that video and editing it and you know just trying to make it look really unique and. It felt like like a Halloween release, but I think we ended up actually releasing it a little bit early, and that's probably because we oh, were okay. so excited about it. Yeah, it's hard hard to sit on stuff like that. But uh, I'm very happy with you know I had never uh, recorded a song like that before in like all open tuning either, and that's definitely yeah, that... a direction that you know I could see myself going in. Uh, yeah, that had a co- it had a cool sound to it, and again, that's one of my favorites you've ever done. I think has missed me much. So be sure and look that one up if anybody's listening to this. Um, but and I, I know Wolf, we could probably talk for another hour, and maybe we yeah. will at some point. We'll do another one of these. But um, I think uh, we'll, we'll we'll cut it off. We'll end it here. So be sure and check out uh, Ryan Edward Wolf on Spotify and iTunes and Apple Music and anywhere else you stream music. Check out the Miss Me Much video on YouTube. And uh, you know, thanks for coming on and doing this, Ryan. And uh, good talking to you as always. We have these conversations all the time, so it was nice to get one uh, recorded. So thanks for having me. It's awesome. Awesome talking to you. All right. So, and I'll put all his links and stuff in the description of the YouTube video and uh, on the uh, streaming platforms and all that. So, all right. Well, thanks for uh, coming on, and I'll probably talk to you pretty soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Yep. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. As always, thanks for anyone who took the time to listen to this podcast, and I will talk to you next time.